Hello, and welcome back to the Eyes Up Life podcast. I'm your host, Ben Granis, founder of Eyes Up, which started as a 7,000-mile bike ride around the United States to raise awareness for distracted driving and along the way fundraising. We raised over $50,000 for Text Less Live More, whose mission is to end distracted driving and to promote digital wellness to help young people learn the importance of distraction-free driving, and to build healthy relationships to technology, which is ever-present in our lives. Now, if you're a listener, you probably know that the Maxis series has wrapped up. We have a couple episodes of independent guests that have already been released, and this week is another one. This week we have Murdoch Martin. Murdoch's real name is Richard, but he goes by Murdoch, and he was actually one of my hosts when I was riding for Eyes Up. I stayed with Murdoch in his lovely home on the coast of California in Big Sur, truly in the middle of nowhere, but Murdoch works for the Forest Service as a wildland firefighter, and he lives right near their station, but there is truly nothing around but it is spectacular. I spent the afternoon before staying with Murdoch on the beach right by his house because he was out working and I arrived a little bit earlier than expected. I set up my tent on the beach for shade and read as there were people surfing in the waves right on the beach just across the street from where Murdoch lives. Unbelievable place to live. He's called it home for over 10 years now and he's hosted over 250 cyclists in that time. So listen in, listen to my conversation with Murdoch. It was great to reconnect with him after not having seen him or talked to him in 14 months since I stayed with him last year in the home stretch of the Eyes Up ride. Murdoch has a passion for listening to people's stories, hearing what they have to say and all of the cool things they're up to, and he uses it as fuel for his own life to keep going, to work hard, and to earn those adventures. He has some cool adventures of his own upcoming. So listen in, enjoy, and we'll talk to you at the end. Here is Richard Murdoch Martin. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Oh, you know, it's a beautiful day out here. You know, every day is a good day to be alive. Yeah, how uh, is it cooling down there, or what's it like now? Uh, it's it's uh yeah, it's starting to cool down. It's getting down to the sixties. Wow, <laughs> so lovely. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but in the morning it's about fifty five. But uh, uh, yeah, it's beautiful out here. It's very early. Thank you for uh, making time early in your day, because I, I assume you have to go to work after this, or what's the what's the deal? Um, I I I got I originally I was gonna have to go to work, but I'm gonna take some time off here, so um, I got a lot of time now. So oh, lovely, uh, lovely. Well, why don't we um just kick things off, Murdoch, by having you introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, and all that good stuff. Okay, my my real name is Richard Martin. I'm uh everybody, my nickname is Murdoch, and everybody at work calls me Doc. So I I I live in Big Sur, California, and uh, 
I've been a wildland firefighter for uh, 27 years, and I'm, uh, what, 16 months away from retirement. But but who's counting? 16. Okay, so that means I when I stayed with you 14 months ago. Okay, so you're, you've come a long way since uh, – since I saw you last for retirement, that's exciting. Yeah, a lot of things have changed. I'm uh, I'm recovering from neck surgery, so I I I had a uh, uh, wear and tear of being a wildland firefighter caught up with me, and I uh, I had a, a neck fusion done, uh, but I'm I'm doing I'm doing really well. It's the same thing that Peyton Manning had, and Peyton Manning came back and won the Super Bowl. So anything's possible. So uh, I'm hoping to get back on the bike here soon and uh, get back in the saddle and, uh, you know, I'll be able to get on the ski slopes again and all that. So, um, but Jeez, uh, well, that sounds, I mean, I don't know what, what all was involved, but it sounds like a, a, not a small surgery. I'm glad you're doing as well as you are now. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It was, it was just uh, one of those things that, uh, I tried everything before surgery. You know, I tried acupuncture, acupressure, uh, steroid shots, physical therapy, three different chiropractors, some other chiropractor with a some kind of soft wave machine. So I, I, I basically exhausted every avenue before surgery. And uh, I, I had surgery and I feel great that, you know, it's just, I've taken it one day at a time, you know, and, uh, you know, I should get off light duty, uh, uh, the seventh of next month and uh, I'll be able to uh, go to fires again and, and uh, get back on the bike and, you know, I might get back to normal routine. Yeah. So talk, talk to me a little bit about uh, how you became a wildland firefighter and what that journey has been like for you. Okay. So uh, basically uh I, I got a, a two-year degree in, in forestry, one of the junior colleges here in California. And then they, uh, they wanted to, uh, one summer, they, they found you some internship job. And, and they said, what do you want to do? You want to do uh, uh, wildlife biology? You want to do surveying? Do you want to do fire? And I, I, I'm like, uh, fire sounds kind of cool. And then... Uh, I got a job with the National Park Service, uh, Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park, and I was in 1998. I was on a little field crew, and uh, I loved it. You know, you got to play with fire, and we did a lot of prescribed fire, and uh, it it was great. So I I did that for the uh, 98, and then 99 I uh, um, worked on a one of the Park Service engines down in a, a beautiful place called Cedar Grove. And it's basically, it's basically like Yosemite, but uh, not all the people. And I, you know, when I was down there, I learned how to rock climb and, and there's a lot of climbers down there. And then, you know, two, in 2000, I uh, got a job with the Arrowhead Hotshots and, and I was on the Arrowhead Hotshots for uh, um, uh, four seasons and, and, and I loved it. And it it, it was kind of scary, you know. I, I thought I was just gonna do fire for a couple of years and and, and uh, go do something else, and and then you know one day you just wake up and you're like, is this it? I I guess this is what I'm gonna do the rest of my life, you know. And 
So then uh, I got to travel the whole nation fighting wildfires. And it's, it's been great, you know, 28 years in it's, it's, you know, other than, you know, having neck surgery, but I got to see the whole country on the government's dime. Basically it's kind of like the military, you know, you join the military, you get to go see the whole world on the government's dime. You know what I mean? So it's been great. And I, I can honestly say, you know, I I wake up every morning and I enjoy going to work. And uh that's amazing. You've seen my, you've seen my commute. I have a, a a long commute to work. It's it's, it's like two minutes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I I don't know how I do it. <laughs> You're a trooper is what it is. Uh what is when you were a hot shot, what was what was a normal day? I mean, every day was probably different, but what was a, a typical day in that job um well when we went to when we traveled the wildland fires um you would you, you know you'd work 16 hours a day and and you know for two weeks then you'll come home and get two days off but when we're in station we would have normal state station maintenance and what whatnot like that and do a lot of training but uh so um Basically, you'll have to travel to the fire. So sometimes you'll, you know, if there's a, tr- a fire in Montana or something, you'll travel two days there, and then once you got there, you'll 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 work uh, fourteen days straight, and then uh, and then you'll um, travel two days back, and then get a couple days off, and and hopefully get out and do it again. But sometimes, sometimes you'll have a break in between assignments, but sometimes. You know, you, you'll go right back out, but uh, you know, it consists of uh, you know, uh, you know, s- sleeping out in the dirt for two weeks, and and you know, and uh, working really hard, and and doing everything that uh, you know, just, it was great just being outside and working hard every day, and you know, it's it's really cool. You 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 uh create some bonds with some people, you know, some people I worked with in, on the Arrowhead Hot Shots, you know, uh, 20 years ago, I'm still in contact today, you know, and it, it's great, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I was going to ask what the what the community is like, um, I guess, back then and what, what your community is like now and how that serves you every day. Yeah, so it's a tight-knit community, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll go to a fire uh, four states away and then all of a sudden you you see someone you worked with uh, five years ago, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a big bond you, you share, you know, with your fellow firefighters kind of like it at, at one time, you know, you, you know, we shared risk. So, so that's where the bond is at one time we worked together and shared risk, you know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, two more years left and I'm going to, um, uh, right off into the sunset, literally. So, yeah. So, what's your? Tell me about your plans for afterwards. Because I, I mean, right now you're living very close to the station. So, will you move? Where Where are you going to go? Yeah. So, uh, 15 years ago, I bought a little condo in in Lake Havasu, and, and uh, which is where? Where is that? Lake Havasu is in Arizona. So, uh, we're gonna move out to Arizona for a couple of years and, and figure it out and, and go, go from there. But I got to uh, uh, 
laundry list of stuff I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get on a bike and, and ride the Southern tier. Um, and you know, uh, I got inspired by all these people I've hosted through the years. So, uh, it, it, it don't, don't put an age limit on your dreams. Some people, some people I hosted, uh, you know, uh, were in their eighties. So if they can do it, you know, I can do it, you can do it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to try to do that. And then I'm going to try to, um, hike the Camino. So, uh, th those are Spain. the, yeah. So those are the two, the two things I have on my plate right now. So. I love pretty... that. It's, it's exciting to have things to look forward to. And I mean, retirement in itself should be something to look forward to, but you know, having some concrete goals uh, must be, must be motivating you, especially recovering from this surgery. I bet. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's really exciting. So I'm, I'm hope, hoping that, uh, you know, I, you know, my knees, my body holds up, but like, you know, I, I'm just going to ride till I get tired and, and, and rest. And some days might be 30, some days might be 20, you know what I mean? Or some days might be 50, you know what I mean? And will you be sad to leave the ocean because you're right on the coast and it's absolutely spectacular? Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's going to be a hard transition. Um, um, the, move into a city again because i've lived out there since 2009 and uh, uh it's going to be a, a culture shock but you know it's just it's just it's just the next chapter in my life you know what i mean and, and each right. chapter in your life each chapter in your life is kind of stressful but it all works out it's kind of like moving out of your parents house when i was 18 i was stressful and it all worked out you know what i mean this is just the next chapter Totally. Well, that's a great attitude to have. And I'm sure knowing what's on the horizon, you're appreciating what you have right now uh, on the coast <laughs> because it's a, it's a special place where you are. Um, yeah, absolutely. How did we meet Murdoch? Talk to me about that, those circumstances in that whole, that whole pocket of your life. Okay. So let's rewind to 2013. I, I, uh, some, some woman was riding her bike, uh, past my, uh, up close to my station and I offered her a Gatorade and we didn't normally see uh cyclists all loaded down on some out road like this. And I offered her a Gatorade and, and basically uh, told her my station's up the road a couple miles. You can, you can fill up your water bottles. She came in and filled up her water bottles. And I'm like, I want to hear your story. W where are you going? Where are you coming from? And she's like, yeah, I, I started this, this bike ride in Barcelona, Spain, and I'm, I'm riding around the world. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ride 20,000 miles. And then, then I invite her to my house. She stayed at my house. And then uh, she told me about this website called warm showers. And it, it, it hosts, uh, basically uh, you host traveling cyclists. And she said, you know, this would be, you live in the perfect spot. You live right on the, the, the highway one here you're going to get solicited a lot so i i started hosting people so um i i've hosted probably over 250 people now in the last uh 10 years and then i think you came along you contacted me uh you're you're on one of your endeavors uh 
I, I think you're doing border to border or something like that. And yeah. I, I hope I hosted you and, uh, you know, uh, um, um, I had an old supervisor, you know, uh, that I worked for in fire. And he said, if you, if you're going to do something, do it 100%. So when I, when I host these people, I try to raise the bar really high and, uh, try to, try to give them the, um, try to make them feel like family for the night. Like, just like I made you, I hope felt like family for the night. You know what I mean? So what are some, th what are your signature things that you like to do for guests that you're hosting? Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> I basically uh, give them a, a good dinner and give them a good breakfast. And, and uh, the, um, the, the dinner consists of a, you know, I, I have a background in, in, in uh, distance running. So I know all about carbo loading. So I, when I first started, I, I, I wondered what, what would be the best thing in this pasta. So I, I give, I give all the guests a, a big pasta dinner and in the morning I, I, I make waffles with ice cream and I, I try to give them as much calories because once, once I leave my house, they have an elevation gain of about, about 3,700. So I try to give them as much calories to get them up these hills. But, uh, um, I met in hosting, uh, warm showers. I met some of the most incredible people from all over the world do, riding their bikes for different reasons including yourself so it, it's been great so anybody out there that if you see cyclists up and down your your town and and you can accommodate it, warm showers is a, a great thing to meet people and it's, it's kind of like i don't know if you guys ever uh stayed in youth hostels in your youth it's kind of like meeting people kind of like that traveling and hearing their stories and stuff like that. So it's been right. great. So 250 people, that's, that's a lot of people that you've hosted. Does it ever, do you ever get tired of it or what keeps you energized to do that? Because you, it's not just, you're not just offering a space to sleep, but you're cooking meals and it's, it, it's quite a bit that you offer. So how do you, how do you stay energized for each guest? Every time you hear a story, you, you, you think you heard it all. You know, you, you think, okay, no one can talk this story. And then someone else comes along. And, and so I always know that someone else is going to come along with a different story. And I just want to hear the story. So I just want to cook dinner and, and hear the story. And, and uh, it, I, you got people that have been traveling uh, um, months on end, camping and and when they get to sleep in a bed for a night, get a hot shower, wash their clothes. And, uh, and also you have, you have these people that are, are missing their families. So I try to make them feel like family for the night. So to keep energized, I just, uh, I, I, I just try to give them as much calories as they can and, 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 and get them down the road. And, and I, I, I can read people pretty good when they, when they come to my house and they're really shot. And I, 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 I say, you know, you can take a rest day at my house. You know, I'm going to go to work all day if you just want to rest for a day. You know what I mean? So, um, but I, I enjoy hearing the story just like, you know, example, some guy stopped the other day and, you know, I thought I, you know, I, I thought I heard it all. So this guy's like, 
he's hiking all seven summits and, and he's doing it but without motor powered. So he, he's, you know, he's climbed four of the highest summits in the world and he's not using an airplane or a, uh, any motor powered. He's, he's, so for example, he, he went to Africa and rode to Kilimanjaro, then started the hike in Kilimanjaro. Oh my gosh. How is he crossing the, the oceans? So he's, he's either paddling, sailing, or riding. So Unbelievable. Th- that's just an a example of, of the people you come across. You know what I mean? So like he left my house. He's on his way to Denali. And uh, he, he has all his climbing gear with him. And he like took a side trip to Yosemite to get all the climbing out of his system. And then like he's going to um, go back to like British Columbia and wait out the winter a little bit and then get climbed when it when the he gets a break in the winter like in the spring he's gonna ride up to the base of Denali or whatever and and start trekking to climb Denali so that's a perfect perfect example of people that come along that you're like you're doing what and you're going where you know so yeah well so you you came about warm showers not through cycling on your own but cycling is part of your life so what tell me about your uh your relationship to bikes um i well i i got inspired by all the people i've hosted so uh you know i you know i do a little bit of mountain biking on the forest and stuff but uh throughout the course of hosting these people i i went and bought a a surely disc trekker and and you know started started doing little overnight trips before my accident or before my surgery. So basically, basically I, I, you know, I, I ride around towns and stuff, but I haven't really done any long, long overnight stuff before I, I started the whole warm shower thing. You know what I mean? Right. So, so you've done some shorter trips, but the, the Southern tier will be the, the biggest one that you've done. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And, you know, if, 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 uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a, a try. I know it's going to get hot going across the Southern tier, but you know, uh, you know, it's just, just part of it, you know, going across New Mexico and, and, uh, and Arizona. But, uh, some of the people I hosted just, uh, I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? So. Well, yeah, you're seeing them do it right in front of you. And that's like, some of them have come from, you know, thousands of miles away just to get to, where you live and so that must be incredibly inspiring oh absolutely absolutely so you know we had we had one guy that you know pulled pulled the the 1974 swin latour out of the rafters in his garage and, and like put the dust off i mean got all the dust off and it's like, I'm going to ride this across the country and, and, and see if I can make it. So just you can hear stories like that. You know what I mean? This mm-hmm. guy was lived in New York and he, his son was graduating college in uh, San Francisco and he just rode, rode the 1974 swing tour across the country. So, I mean, that's a perfect example. And he's like, I didn't know if my body was going to make it. I didn't know if the bike was going to make it. He's like, at any given time, I was going to dump my, dumped his bike and fly to San Francisco and he made it. Wow. So wow. hearing stories like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. What is, what is riding a bike like for you and what's it like riding around 
Big Sur where you live? Well, there's a lot of hills, a lot of hills. And, uh, you know, I, my knees and, and back hurt a little bit, but, you know, all the people I talk to that I come across, they just said, you know, you, you get on the bike and you, you eventually just get in shape because you're riding the bike every day. You know what I mean? So your, 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 your back, knees, uh, uh, butt, everything just as uh, just, uh, gets in tune being in that saddle you know what i mean so totally do you so i i spoke to a lot of people who were who have had horror stories or just hesitant about riding on highway one because of uh drivers who aren't very uh you know they're looking at the coast not so much on the road have you had any experiences with either distracted drivers or just close calls um riding around where you live well i i uh I did before I put the noodle, uh, I put the pool noodle on my bike. So, um, so describe uh, that. So, you know, those little things that the kids uh, play in the pool with, you know, it's called a, a pool noodle. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you, you know, the law in California is three feet. So I just, uh, the noodles you buy is four feet. So I just, I cut a foot off of it and I hang it off my bike. So if, if they, they'll stay three feet away. And then, so in other words, you you have it. It's it's going left, like into the lane of traffic. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So some people don't know what it is, and they'll they'll basically like sometimes they won't pass until there's a a, a good spot to get over because they don't really know what it is. And at at first, I you know it's not the right thing to do, but I I put a sharpie on the end. And then if they got too close, they got a, a black stripe on their car. Oh my so. gosh, that's interesting. <laughs> Did that ever happen? It, uh, it might have happened once or twice. You know what I mean. So they they stay way over. You know what I mean. Before I put the noodle, I did get buzzed a couple times on Highway One, but um, um, after the noodle, I I didn't have to worry about that. You know, so uh. But, uh, you know, I've hosted families of four that are have their kids on bikes going down Highway 1. Some people, you know, have their, their toddlers in little trailers. Some people have their dogs, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's, there's risk in everything you do, you know what I mean? So you just got to, you know, you know, get out there and enjoy life. So, um do you have any do you have any thoughts on how we can make improvements in distracted driving generally for all of the roads in the US because it is a huge problem? Like, do you have any comments on that? Absolutely. So uh people just need to stay off their cell phones. So I I would encourage people, you know, if you listen to this today, just just next time you go to work, just try to turn off your cell phone and see if you can do it. See if you can go 10 miles or start with five miles. See if you can go five miles in your car without looking at your cell phone, you know, because cell phones are a distraction. And uh, 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 I know people that uh, gotten hurt really bad. Uh, um, so looking at their cell phones. So basically uh, myself included, I, 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 I used to find myself uh, get looking at my cell phones and I'm 
I'll drive off the road and hit those bumps. I go, you know what I mean? So I'm like, what am I doing? Is, is that, is that text or is looking at that reading that is, is that really important right now or what's important right now? So, um, it's a huge temptation and hard to resist for sure. Yeah. And, and I encourage you guys just turn off your cell phone one day, driving to work and try to count how many other people you see uh, on their cell phone. It, it, it's crazy. Ridiculous. That's horrible. So, um, after meeting you, I, I'm going to share this story. It's probably going to be heartwarming. I put your sticker above my dash. So every time I look at my dash, it says eyes up. So every time I think about going to my cell phone, I look at that sticker on my dash and it says, it says eyes up. I encourage you people out there to just keep your eyes up and pay attention to your surroundings because you got to anticipate what that car is going to do. So, you know, sometimes you're on a straightaway. It's like, well, I'm on a straightaway. Uh, um, nothing's going to happen. But like if someone blows a tire and, and goes in your lane, you're, you're going to have to react. And I, I, I know a close friend of mine in, in the fire service that in the forest service that he was coming home from a fire and, and, and basically a uh, 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 car blown, blown a tire one in his lane and, and he didn't make it. So you got to anticipate people doing that and, and being on your phone, that's a distraction. Right. And you can't, you, you might be able to get away with being on your phone on a totally normal, predictable drive maybe, but there's so many variables that can happen and things that, that can go wrong that you can't predict. Like, you yeah, just... absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, um, I appreciate what you're, you're doing and, you know, I, I'm ho hopefully just me talking about it. will will uh, save someone's life today. You know what I mean? So just stay off your cell phones and anticipate what, what, what the other driver is going to do because you got to enjoy every day and, and tomorrow's not guaranteed. Totally. Yeah. That's a great message. Um, so Murdoch, besides the, your Southern tier ride, are there any dream bike rides that you have after hearing all these stories from so many people that you've hosted, um, that, that are on your mind as well? Um, well, I'm, I, I'm you know, uh, I kind of want to do uh, border to border too, but um, meaning I, that, uh, do you mean like Canada to Mexico or the other Can way around? Can Canada to Mexico? I I've been kind of wanting to do that because you know all the people I hosted they're like you know this you go through some beautiful places so that that's kind of on the agenda too you know what I mean and uh, you know uh, my wife doesn't really uh, ride bicycles I've tried to get her on a bike but so i i bought a tandem bike so we're gonna start riding this tandem bike so uh uh i encourage you guys if your spouse doesn't ride just get a tandem bike so we're starting to go on little rides now you know so i don't think she'll ever get do like overnighters but like right. i want to take a i want to take a tandem bike and and ride through yosemite valley with her that's, oh that would be unbelievable I rode a tandem bike for the first time this summer and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was in the front and it was some of the most fun I've had in a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Niner fan and I'm, I'm, we're going to ride a tandem bike to the Niner game. And a lot of stadiums have, have bicycle valets. 
So if if oh. you know, I, I've been going to Niner games for for a long time, and then if you eliminate traffic and parking, you know, it's a whole nother experience. So uh, uh, we're supposed to, uh, you know, just take the tandem bike to a hotel like five or ten miles away, and then ride the tandem bike uh, uh, to the game. So a lot of concerts, a lot of stadiums that just check in to, if they have a bicycle valet day. A lot of stadiums uh, try to cut down on the traffic and have a bicycle valet so people can ride their bikes to the stadiums. So they make the experience better for you if you're riding your bike and you don't have to deal with the, yeah, like you said, the traffic of trying to find a parking spot and all that. Yeah, exactly. But but then you have to sometimes put all your tailgating stuff on your bike. So <laughs> right. bring a trailer or something. So that's the only, only thing. But sometimes you just, you know, keep a backpack and uh uh just just talk to some other people tailgating and say, Hey, can I can I throw these burgers on? You know, do you mind? You know. Right. So, yeah, uh, there's ways to figure it out and build community through that as well. Yeah. I did want to ask Murdoch, I Sure, you don't remember, but I am also a 49ers fan, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, the season so far uh, after kind of a, a a rough patch the last few weeks. Wow. So, uh, wow, that's a kind of a loaded question. So, <laughs> basically, uh, one good thing, uh, Seattle lost last week, so we're still in first. So, Seattle kept the helm on our bye week. So we're still in first, even have a bye week. So uh anyway, uh you know Purdy's a, a good quarterback and you know and he, you know he's he has he's been struggling a little bit, but I, I I think they're gonna bounce back this week. So uh you know there's a lot of people hurt too and uh Bosa's coming back and you know I I think this week we're, is 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 going to be the beginning of something great. So I really hope so. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I know that was that was one of my favorite parts about uh, staying with you is all of the the Niners swag and decorations everywhere in that room. It's so cool. Yeah. So I I I have my actual seats from Candlestick. So when they when they tore down Candlestick. Uh, being a season ticket holder, I got, I got opportunity to buy my seats. So uh, my wife bought them for Christmas, and uh, so we moved the seats into the living room on game day sometimes. And my wife says the bathroom's a lot closer. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it we still uh, it's kind of like uh, going to Niner games because you kind of sit in the seats still. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's so cool, and all the memories you had in those seats too. Yeah, totally. But uh, it's been it's been entertaining. Other than the last couple of weeks, uh, but uh, when they beat Dallas, that was that was huge. Yeah, that was and great. That, that was the last game they they won. So, but they're gonna bounce back. You know what I mean? So, I believe it. I believe it. It's gonna be exciting to watch. Um, Murdoch, hey. how many how many warm showers guests have you had this year? Has it been a busy season for you? Well, it, it's it's slowed down because there's a a road closure, so uh, Highway One is closed, and and it, it's it's kind of hard to get through, you know what I mean. So there's a way to get through, but uh, you know it's just 
uh, Highway One's been closed for about a year now, and 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 where uh, is it? Where's the closure? It's around the Lime Kiln State Park area, so around mile marker uh, twenty two. If you looked on a map, it's closed around the Dulcia area. Okay. Loose. And and so basically, uh, there's a road there. It's just not safe. But like, so basically, um, when they're done working for the day, the workers are done working for the day. Like the road guards go home, and people kind of sneak through in the middle of the night, type of thing. Uh huh. Okay. So so there's road guards during the day, but at night, uh, the road guards go away, and they basically ride through. So other than the road closure, it's been kind of been kind of slow but i have uh i i try to help people out when i can you know what i mean or right. if i'm if i'm not around i you know there's several campgrounds they can stay at you know what i mean totally yeah right there's that nice one really close by yeah kirk creek and there's there's been times i you know i'm out of town and i let people stay sometimes but um but uh it's to answer your question it's been really a lot slower than normal you know what I mean? Well, that so, probably works out well with your surgery that you had recently. Yeah. Absolutely. Give you a break. Um, well, Murdoch, I want to see if you have any closing thoughts or uh, anything else that you'd like to share uh, about your experience or about you generally um, before we wrap up. Okay. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Just, uh, don't put an age limit on your dreams, whatever your passions are, just, just go out and live, live life. Cause tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, and, uh, um, I, I encourage you all to write down your goals. So, uh, a dream is only a dream till you, you put it to paper, then it becomes a goal. And, and also just be aware of your surroundings everywhere you go, whether you're, uh, hiking or, or biking or, driving in the car and, and, and uh, get off your cell phones every now and again and, and, and pay attention to your surroundings. Love it. Uh, I guess one last question, Murdoch, what's something that you're looking forward to uh, in the near future before, before you retire? Oh boy. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to, get back on the slopes this this uh this winter uh, last winter was the, the i think the first uh winter i didn't ski in like 30 years 30 or 40 years oh, so i'm man. really uh really hoping to uh get back on the slopes and just uh take it ease on into it you know what i mean ease on into it and then my first trial bike ride i'm gonna just go from san francisco to my house and it's only going to be like maybe a, a three day thing, and that'll be that'll be a test to see like, all right, how's my body going to react to this this endeavor riding across the country? So that'll be a good trial run. Yeah. So if anybody out there, you know, thinking about doing a long hike, you know, uh, so what what introduced the Camino, you know, the the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail is like just too long for me. You know, I, I don't think my body can handle it, but like the Camino, you can go super light. So I had a, a friend that did it recently. He hiked 500 miles and 
he, he took like 12 pounds, you know, so he did the whole Camino with 12 pounds and you get to stay at, at hostels along the way and people cater to the, the pilgrims they call pilgrims or the hikers. And you can totally be, basically just go really light and stay, stay at, at hostels and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that a, a shot here. So that'll be after the bike ride there. So. Uh, two awesome adventures on the horizon. I'm excited for you. Well, thanks, man. And if you ever come through again, don't hesitate to uh, look me up again. You got 16 months. Yeah, well, I I hope I'm out that way again. That was a spectacular, spectacular part of the ride. Probably one of my favorites for sure. Um, and But thank you for all that you do to help get cyclists a uh, safe place to stay in a I mean, it's a pretty, it's a very gorgeous area, but there's not many resources around you. So that was definitely uh, a treat to have a friendly face and delicious food and good times uh, in that section. So thanks, Murdoch. Yeah, no problem, man. And thanks for having me on today and we'll have a good one. Yeah, you too. Keep in touch. See you later. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Richard Murdoch Martin. I hope you enjoyed it. He's a great guy. Just really the essence of what Warm Showers hosts are, which is down-to-earth, genuine people who really just care about being kind to other people, being generous with their resources, and listening. They love the simple human connection that makes life so special, and it's something that I think we all could use a little bit more of in our everyday lives. So thanks for listening. I hope it was enjoyable for you. And maybe you take something away from it. I love Murdoch's message of just living our lives. And each day, each adventure is a new chapter in our lives. So take from it what you will. And check out Murdoch on Instagram. He uh, occasionally posts some of his adventures, but... I'm mostly eager, and maybe you're eager as well, to see when he finally gets on his surly disc trucker and starts heading across the southern tier of the United States. Stay tuned. We've got more content for you coming up, and we'll talk to you soon. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the Eyes Up Life podcast and give Eyes Up Ride a follow on Instagram just so you don't miss anything, whatever those updates may be. And have a great holiday season and new year. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.